Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number seven of What Next, a storytelling podcast where you, the listener, get a say in what happens next in the story. My name is Jake Stoll, author of the novel The Gauntlet, and I want to thank all of you for listening. In this podcast, I write and read out chapters for a fiction story. At the end of each chapter, I present a choice to the listeners, and for just a couple days, you have the opportunity to vote on what will happen next in the story. If you haven't listened to the first six episodes yet, I strongly recommend you start with the first one, since you'll be pretty lost otherwise. As you may recall, at the end of the sixth episode, I asked you where Ariana and Bram would go to lay low. Would they hide out with a master armorer, or would they hide out in a fairy forest? Let's see what happens next. Chapter 7 The big, hairy man hands an armful of metal to Bram. Here, Bram, this is for you. Then, the man turns and plops another armful of metal in front of Ariana. And this is for you, Ariana. Ariana feels excited. She glances at Bram, unsure of the polite way to proceed. The hairy man impatiently says, Go on, try it on already. Ariana looks at the various pieces of metal in her arms and confesses, I don't know how to put this on. The hairy man scowls, No need to worry, my wife Rena will help you. Ariana nods and turns toward the adjoining room. Behind her, she hears the hairy man explaining to Bram the importance of chainmail to a warrior. The hairy man's name is Hoogzil Fugensen, who goes by Hoogzy to his friends and family. Ariana looks around as she walks through Hoogzy's workshop. Hoogzy is a blacksmith, like Ariana's father. Lining Hoogzy's walls are helms, greaves, spalders, mail, swords, dirks, axe heads, even horseshoes. Hoogzy crafts all sorts of metal things, but he specializes in armor. That's what Ariana is holding now. Armor, made especially for her. Ariana opens the door that joins Hoogsy's workshop to this Fugensen family room. Right now, Hoogsy's four young daughters are playing a rough-and-tumble game with Ariana's dog, Jax, their dolls discarded against a wall. Ariana has found this Fugensen family to be a bit odd. First, her parents would have never let her run and wrestle with her dog inside the house. That was play for the outdoors. Second, in her family, every member had to contribute somehow. Ariana was raised to help her mother at the loom, until, one day, at age seven, her father taught her to shoot a bow. By the next year, Ariana's hunting prowess kept her from needing to spend any more time weaving with her mother. Third, the Fugensen daughters have different names. Hogzil and Olgarina, his wife, named their daughters Gala, Uji, Jazz, and Honeycrisp. Ariana hears Olgarina yell from the next room, You girls had better not be running around! If you break anything, I'll make sure you do chores and plate armor. Ariana considers for a moment. Perhaps the Fugensons aren't that different from the stances. Hoogsy's wife enters the room. Like Hoogsy, she has thick blonde hair. Also like Hoogsy, she is quite a large person. The Fugensons are not wealthy by any stretch of the word, but they are certainly not poor either. As a result, there is never really a shortage of food in their household. Olgarina sees the armor in Ariana's arms and says, Ah, need some help with your armor, sweetie? Ariana nods. Yes, please. I do not know how to put it on. Olgarina looks at Ariana lovingly. 
Aren't you sweet? Girls, don't make me tell you again. Now then, take off your coat, love. Ariana does as instructed. Let's start with this little chest plate, because it can be tricky. Set everything down here, good girl. Ogarina lifts the largest piece of metal from the countertop and presses it against Ariana's chest. The plate goes here. How does that feel? Good? Great. Now, these two straps on the back go like so and like so. Ariana looks down at her own chest. She now has a metal plate that covers from her stomach to her neck. Move around, love. See how it feels. Ariana turns side to side and waves her arms around. It rubs against my arms a bit, she says. Ogarina nods her head up and down, and she says, Yes, a bit wide. No matter. I'll have Hoogsy trim the sides. Now, let's try these. Ogarina pulls two smaller, round pieces of metal from the countertop. Several minutes later, Ariana stands in her own personal, customized armor. Olgarina and her four daughters are staring at her admiringly. Well, Ariana says, how do I look? Wonderful, exclaims Jazz. Splendid, shouts Honeycrisp. Superb, twitters Gala. Like a warrior princess, beams Fuji. Ariana blushes and smiles. She can't remember the last time someone told her she looked pretty. For a second, Ariana remembers her mother who used to brush Ariana's hair before bed each night, as though Ariana was a nobleman's daughter. Each night, she would tell Ariana she was beautiful and wonderful. Ariana shakes her head to Olgarina and the girls and says, Thank you, but I'm not sure warrior princess is very accurate. I've met one of those, and I don't think I can hold a candle to her. The Sfugensing girls shout rebuttals and affirmations to Ariana as Olgarina steps forward and says, Come, Let's have Hoogsy trim the edges of that chest plate. Ariana follows the big woman back into the workshop, where she sees Bram in his new armor. When Ariana first met Bram, he had shoulder armor that covered just one of his shoulders. This time around, Hoogsy has crafted Bram lightweight spalders for both shoulders, greaves for his shins, and falds for his forearms. Ariana also notices linked metal protruding from the neckline of Bram's tunic. Bram meets Ariana's eyes as she stares at him admiringly. He smiles as their eyes lock. Ariana barely hears Olgarina say, My, my, Bram, you look quite the hero. Bram bows to Olgarina and Hoaxel and says, Thank you, both of you. Thank you so much for your hospitality and for the armor. Hoaxy is circling Bram, checking the fit of his faults and greaves. Nonsense, Hoaxy says. I've known Ariana since she was born. Her father and I grew up together. Only recently did we learn that they died. News travels slowly in some parts. Had we known, I would have dropped everything and come for Ariana. A tear wells up in Ariana's left eye, but she wipes it away with the heel of her hand. Ever since she and Bram arrived in this Fugenson household, Ariana has been unable to stop thinking about her parents. With everything that has happened in their adventure, Ariana has had precious little time to think about the past. While escaping yetis, and fighting basilisks were certainly dangerous and perhaps foolhardy. They were perfect distractions. Olgarina puts an arm around Ariana's back and squeezes her shoulder. Ariana blinks and takes a deep breath. She says, I'm also eternally grateful to you both. Thank you for everything. Seemingly satisfied with how Bram's armor fits, Hoogsy looks at Ariana and says, Don't go thanking me yet. I've got more for you two. But first, how does the armor fit, Ariana? Olgarina answers for her. A little wide on the chest. Elbow and knee covers fit well. Hoogsy pinches his chin. Hmm, 
and the chest plate straps? Perfectly sized, Olgarina says. Thank you, my love, Hogsy says, as he lumbers over and plants a kiss on his wife's cheek. Olgarina smiles and heads back into the house. Hogsy circles Ariana and says, Let me help you out of this. I'll have it trimmed down in no time. Hogsy undoes the chest plate straps and places the pieces of armor on a workbench. Now, Hogsy begins, as he circles around to another bench, this one littered with pieces of scrap metal. Hogsy reaches into a barrel in a corner of the room and pulls out two blades. First, he hands one to Bram. The sword is much shorter than Bram's magic sword had been, but it appears to be sharp and in good condition. This short sword's for you, Bram. I'll show you in a minute why a smaller sword is a good idea. Then, Hogsy hands the other sword to Ariana. At first glance, it looks like any other sword Ariana has seen. Upon closer inspection, however, Ariana realizes that one side of the sword's tip is curved, and the blade appears to be a bit thinner and sharper within the curve. The sword is still straight, just the end has a little curve in it. The blade is of a similar length to Bram's new sword. Here, this is for you, Ariana. Hogsy presents the sword to Ariana hilt first. It's called a falchion. As Hogsy places the falchion's hilt in Ariana's hand, Ariana's hand drops slightly. She is surprised by the sword's weight. Hogsy smiles. Falchions have the benefit of being slightly heavier and more powerful than other swords. They have the cutting power of an axe, with the defensive capabilities of any sword. There are those that would recommend a rapier, dirk, or dagger for a woman such as yourself. But I've seen you shoot that bow of yours. You're more than strong enough to wield a falchion. Ariana hefts the falchion in her right hand and smiles. Thank you, Hogsy. The large man beams at Ariana, a note of parental affection in his expression. Then, he turns to a different workbench and lifts a wide piece of metal with straps affixed to one side. Hogsy turns and offers the shield to Bram. This is also for you, Bram. I know you're usually the one who rushes in, so you need to be sure to guard yourself. It is unbelievably dumb to fight with a sword and no shield. You might as well jump onto your enemy's sword so you can stab him yourself. Bram chuckles nervously, unsure of how to respond, and places his new sword on a table so he can accept the shield. Hogsy quickly shows Bram how to hold the shield and adjust the straps to a comfortable position. The morning sunlight coming through the workshop's windows glint brilliantly off the circular steel shield, which is unadorned and untarnished. Bram thanks Hogsy once more. Now! Let me explain the short sword, Bram. If you're going to use a shield, you want your other hand to be quick and agile. A shorter sword allows you to attack quickly, so you can get right back behind your shield. Remember that the best offense is a good defense, because without defense, you're dead. Bram holds the shield with his left arm and picks up the short sword. Hogsy says, a good combination, no? Bram nods. Suddenly, the trio hears a faint knocking coming from inside the house, followed by Jack's barking. Bram and Ariana both tense, before they start to run toward the house. Hogsy grabs Bram by the shoulder and calls to Ariana. Hold your horses. No need to get so excited. There are no monsters in Porkington. Ariana slides to a halt, feeling a bit foolish. She holds the door to the house open for Hogsy and places her new falchion on a nearby workbench. Hogsy lumbers into his house as Olgarina opens the house's front door. Olgarina greets the visitor and invites the visitor inside. It takes Ariana's eyes a couple seconds to distinguish the visitor's features, as they are silhouetted by the early morning sun. Ariana's eyes widen as she finally makes out the figure. 
that is taller than Ariana by four or five inches and dressed in full armor. Unlike most heavy, bulky armor Ariana has seen, however, this armor has been form-fitted to the body of a woman. Looking up at the visitor's face, Ariana notices a distinguished long nose on a face with very dark skin. Her hair is black and very short, done in neat rows. A wide scar begins on her forehead and cuts diagonally across her face, going through her left eye and ending at the corner of her jaw. Her left eye is covered in a crimson eye patch. At her hip is a long sword in its scabbard, and slung across her back is a broad kite shield. Lady Patricia! Hoagsy exclaims as he hurries to the visitor. Lady Patricia grins and embraces old Garina and then Hoagsy. As she gives Hoagsy a hug, Ariana hears her say, It's Sir Patricia, Hoagsy. I'm a knight, not some noble's wife. After their embrace, Hoagsy says, Sorry, I just thought... Sir Patricia smiles. You're right, but I prefer Sir. Sounds more like a knight, and darn it, I earned my knighthood. You certainly did, Ogarina says, looking at the eye patch. After greeting each of the Fuginson daughters, Sir Patricia looks at Ariana and Bram. Well, these them? Hoagsy nods and says, Yes, this is Bram Tannerson and Ariana Stance. Ariana's father and I were friends since childhood. Sir Patricia steps toward Ariana and says, My condolences for your parents, Ariana. May whoever and whatever killed them be brought to justice. Ariana glances at the ground, but says, Thank you, Sir Patricia. Sir Patricia continues, I'm Sir Patricia, knight and captain of the Townsguard of Porkington. I run a tight ship here, so to speak, but I took the day off because Hoagsy says you two need training. I don't do this just for anyone, but Hoagsy is the only armor in town. The Townsguard owes him quite a few favors. Ariana looks at Hoagsy and raises an eyebrow. Hoagsy shrugs, but smirks. Sir Patricia looks to Bram, and back to Ariana. Then, she spins around on her heel. Come along now. The sun is already high in the sky. We're burning daylight. Hoagsy smiles at Ariana and Bram as he says, Go, get your shield and swords and follow Patricia. Ariana and Bram rush to oblige. As they hurry back to the front door of the Sfugensen home, Olgarina says, Don't worry about Jax. The girls and I will take good care of him. Thank you, Ariana calls out over her shoulder. So far, Olgarina and the girls have taken too good of care of Jax, in Ariana's opinion. All they do is feed him, play with him, and let him sleep. Ariana has never seen Jax get so fat. She shrugs. At least he's happy. They've all needed a break. When Ariana and Bram cross the Sfugensen house's threshold, Sir Patricia is tapping her foot, waiting for them. Come along, she says. The training yard isn't far. You will each take turns handing me your equipment as we go. I want to inspect it and make sure Hoagsy didn't screw it up. Bram hands over his short sword, and Sir Patricia turns it over, inspecting the sharpness of the blade, the overall weight and balance, and the hilt's grip. As Sir Patricia inspects Bram and Ariana's new equipment, Ariana thinks back to the previous night, when the Sfugensons were fast asleep. It was well past midnight when Ariana woke up to the sound of Bram sobbing. The separate tiny upstairs bedrooms they slept in had recently belonged to Fuji and Gala, respectively, but Olgarina had ordered her girls to sleep two to a room while Bram and Ariana stayed. The old-fashioned family didn't want Bram and Ariana to share a room. Besides, Ariana knew that they wouldn't have both fit on the little beds made for little girls. 
This wasn't the first time Ariana had heard Bram crying in the middle of the night. Or the second, or the third. For the past two weeks, she heard him crying each and every night. Ariana didn't have to guess why. She'd been crying her fair share as well. Jalencia was dead. Galfons was dead. And they had no idea what became of Elliot after he stayed behind so Bram and Ariana could escape Vestuli's tower. If that wasn't enough, Bram's magic sword was gone, taken by the wizard-turned-vampire Vestuli. The sword had given his life purpose. It had made him a hero. Without it, Bram was just the son of a tanner once more. Ariana sighed, then threw off the covers on the little girl's bed. Softly, she padded across the cold wooden ground on bare feet, trying to avoid the inevitable creaking sounds. She heard Jax lift his head from his corner of the bed before drifting back off to sleep. Ariana opened the door just a crack and peered into the dark hallway. Still, all she could hear was Bram's constant sobbing. Three quick steps later, and Ariana was at his door. She stood there for a second, considering. Then, she gently eased the door open. It took Bram a few seconds to notice her come in. He was sitting on the edge of the bed, still fully dressed from the previous day, evidently tired of fooling himself that he would be able to sleep at night. Bram heard her and rubbed his eyes. He stood quickly, and the bed creaked. He winced at the sound and stood there awkwardly. Ariana walked to him and sat down. Bram sat down beside her. They looked at each other for a moment, then looked away, staring out of the bedroom's only window at the waxing moon. In another few days, the moon would be full. Bram looked at Ariana apologetically and asked, Did I wake you? No, Ariana lied. They looked at the moon again. I can't stop thinking about them, Ariana. Me either, she said. It wasn't supposed to go like this. I know. Maybe we were just doomed from the start. What do you mean? You mean me? The chosen wielder of a magic sword? How grandiose could I get? But the sword did choose you. How can we be sure of that? What if it was a coincidence? Jalencia thought you were chosen. Yeah, he did. He always used to tell me I was special. That I was meant for greatness. That I would be a hero. It turns out he didn't know much of anything. Don't talk like that. He made you believe in yourself. Bram started to cry again. You're right. I'm such an idiot. Ariana wrapped an arm around Bram and pulled him close. He leaned his head on her shoulder and sobbed quietly. You're not an idiot. You are a hero. Bram lifted his head and wiped his eyes with his sleeve. He looked into Ariana's eyes, their faces close. You're the hero, Ariana. You've held our party together all along. You chose to trust Elliot. You saved me from the witch and warlock, and later, you freed me from prison. I've been a damsel in distress all along. Ariana smiled. She was about to say something clever, something silly, to lighten the mood. Instead, she leaned over and kissed Bram on the lips. Sir Patricia tosses Ariana and Bram wooden swords. Now, she says, face each other and assume the stance I showed you. Bram, you're bending your legs too much. Ariana, widen that stance. Good. All right, begin. Ariana makes the first move. She takes a wide, sweeping swing at Bram's midsection with her training sword. Bram hops backward and counters with a thrust at her shoulder. 
Ariana bats away the point of his sword wildly, before kicking Bram in the chest. Bram is both stunned and confused, as Ariana steps forward and places the side of her sword to Bram's neck. Sir Patricia claps and says, Great improvisation, Ariana, but you're still too sloppy. And Bram, quit holding back. Right now, Ariana is your enemy. If you go easy on her, you'll be unable to give it your all against real enemies in the future. Again, Bram pants, then raises his training sword and enters a fighting stance once more. Bram takes the initiative this time, rushing toward Ariana with his sword raised and swinging it downward. Ariana blocks with a parallel parry, shoving his sword to the side. They clash three more times, with broad, looping swings. Not like that, Sir Patricia shouts at them as they continue to battle. Make your strike smaller, more precise. You're only tiring yourselves out. Ariana spins away from another of Bram's strikes and swipes her training sword into his thigh. Bram hops around a few times, hurt after the dead leg Ariana gave him. Sir Patricia steps forward, shaking her head. You're the swordsman of the party, Bram. In a fight, your friends will count on you to hold enemies and monsters at bay. You'll be no use to them if you get yourself killed by that first attack. She tosses Bram his shield, and he is just able to catch it awkwardly. Here, she says, disdainfully. See if this helps. Remember, defend yourself and use precise, small attacks. Bram nods to Sir Patricia and takes a deep breath. He looks at Ariana, who is smiling at him mockingly. Bram narrows his eyes and advances, his shield held in front of him. Ariana sidesteps and begins to circle Bram, trying to con him into making a hasty move that would leave him exposed. She kicks up dirt from the training grounds as she shuffles to the side. Behind Ariana and all around them are members of the townsguard, as well as members of the occupying Losalian Company of Soldiers. The company is composed of nearly 100 soldiers, not nearly a force as large as Princess Castine's army that occupied Pink Beach when Awave's invasion began. According to Sir Patricia, most towns within 100 miles of the capital have experienced similar occupations. Awave's troop movements have been unpredictable of late, which has prevented King Matthew or Princess Castine from counterattacking with sizable forces. At last, Bram wins about, barely. He eventually chose to attack Ariana, but pulled his shield back in time to deflect her counterattack. They clashed twice more this way, until Bram decided to use his shield offensively. He waited for Ariana to attack. When she did, he batted her sword away with his shield and jabbed her in the side with his training sword. The next moment, Ariana's sword hit him on the shoulder in a strike that would have broken his collarbone and potentially mortally wounded him. That's better, Bram. Remember that your shield is there for your protection as well as the protection of your friends. However, in the right hands, a shield is far mightier than a sword. Sir Patricia dusts her hands off and says, Well done to both of you. You're good students. As long as you're here in Porkington, I'm happy to train you, or at least to assign one of my town's guard to do the job. Even without a teacher, though, Remember that the two of you can improve your skills on your own. Just practice, practice, practice. Ariana and Bram nod, bowing slightly to their new teacher. Thank you for your wisdom, Ariana says. Yes, thank you, Bram chimes in. We're still unclear what the future of our quest will look like, but this training has been very helpful regardless. Sir Patricia smiles. You're both welcome, and you're very sweet, but you're not done for the day. Ariana and Bram look at each other, then back to Sir Patricia. Sir Patricia narrows her one good eye and says, You want to go home for the day? You need to get past me first. As she says this, Sir Patricia takes her own shield off her back and hefts a training sword, 
Come on. I'm waiting. Bram and Ariana look at each other once more. They both shrug and advance towards Sir Patricia cautiously, placing one foot in front of the other and keeping their guards up. Sir Patricia laughs heartily, then faints toward Bram and strikes at Ariana. Ariana deflects the blow, but the next strike, a twisting flick of the wrist, sends her sword spinning from her hand. At the same time, Sir Patricia has her shield between her and Bram. She blocks Bram's first attack without looking, before rolling off the blow and slapping him on the rear with the flat of her training sword. Bram yelps embarrassingly, and Ariana stifles a laugh as she scrambles for her own sword. Ariana looks up and realizes the rest of the training ground has ceased training. The townsguard and Losalian soldiers stand watching Sir Patricia and her new pupils with looks of amusement on their faces. Ariana starts to feel embarrassed, and her face flushes. Ariana lifts her training sword from the dirt and dashes towards Sir Patricia. Ariana begins jabbing at Sir Patricia with the dull point of her training sword, making small, mostly accurate attacks. Sir Patricia smiles, blocking with her shield and her sword when necessary. Then, Sir Patricia steps forward and shoves Ariana with her shield. Ariana's sword gets caught between them, and she trips over her own foot, falling backward. Again, Bram tries to come to Ariana's rescue, but Sir Patricia puts a boot into Bram's shield, knocking him over backward. Feeling frustrated, both Ariana and Bram hop to their feet, brandishing the training weapons. I have one more lesson to teach you tonight, Sir Patricia says. Teamwork. I expected the two of you to be better at this. What about those yetis and skeletons you told me about? Surely those took collaboration to defeat? Ariana looks at Bram and says, If we attack at the same time, she won't be able to defend both of us. Bram nods, gritting his teeth. The pair advances on the night, circling to opposite sides. They engage together, and Sir Patricia is more than capable of defending against both of them simultaneously. Sir Patricia sidesteps a swipe from Bram, which catches Ariana's nose. Ariana drops to the ground as pain shoots across her face, and her nose throbs in pain. Ariana rises yet again, this time wiping away the blood accumulating under her nose. Bram and Ariana attack together. Ariana manages to strike Sir Patricia's armed forearm this time, before being thrown down. Ariana bats away Bram's outstretched hand as he tries to help her to her feet, an apologetic expression on his face. Bram and Ariana attack together once more. Ariana manages to strike Sir Patricia's armored forearm this time, before being thrown down. Bram gets kicked over yet again. That's enough for today, Sir Patricia says. It's important for a warrior to know when a fight is unwinnable. She raises her voice so the entire training ground can hear her. There is no shame in living to fight another day. Needlessly throwing away your life only puts others in danger. The training ground starts to disperse as Sir Patricia steps toward Ariana and helps her to her feet. She does likewise with Bram. In the west, the sun is setting. As the trio put their training swords away and retrieve their metal ones, Ariana hears a dog bark. She turns to see Jax bounding toward her with Hoagsy's four daughters hot on his heels. The next moment, Jax is surrounded by five fawning females. Oh, there you are, exclaims Hoagsy, who enters the training yard with Olgarina on his arm. Both are dressed in fine clothes. Hurry up, you two. We're going to be late to the festival. At the same time, Bram and Ariana say, What festival? Olgarina and Hoagsy look at each other, astonished. Then Hoagsy says, The pulled pork festival, of course. Sir Patricia walks toward the training yard's exit and says, It's Porkington's most important tradition. 
She looks at the Sfugensons and says, I will see you there. The Brahmin Ariana, Sir Patricia says, Well done today, you two. I expect to see you here tomorrow morning. Brahmin Ariana nod, though Ariana does not remember signing up for more training. Sir Patricia takes her leave. Hoagsy beckons to Bram and Ariana once more. Hurry up! We don't want to be late! Bram and Ariana do as commanded. As they walk back to the Sfugensen household, Hoagsy says, The pulled pork festival is a time-honored tradition in our village. After all, the people of Porkington invented pulled pork. Pulled pork? Bram asks. Hoagsy and Olgarina look at each other, then at their girls, then back at each other. You've never heard of pulled pork? Olgarina asks. Bram and Ariana both shake their heads no. What a tragedy, Ogarina exclaims. You simply must have some pulled pork tonight, loves. It is oh, so good. Behind Ariana, Honeycrisp chimes in. It will change your life. Not for the first time that day, Bram and Ariana look at each other and decide to just go along with it. This might be an ignorant thing to ask, but what's pulled pork? Hoagsy looks at Bram, his mouth agape. It takes him a full minute to recover. Is such a thing possible? Bram shrugs apologetically. So what is it? It's difficult to explain, Hoagsy begins. It's pork, certainly, but, and he is the genius part, instead of cutting it, you pull it. That didn't sound very complicated. But Hoagsy is no longer listening to Bram. He has turned to stare and smile at Porkington's town square. Ariana is immediately impressed. Her hometown had a rather large summer equinox celebration each year, but she has never seen decorations as vibrant as these. There are ornately decorated paper lanterns of various colors. This, coupled with the nearly full moon, illuminate Porkington as though it were daytime. There are signs and tapestries every which way, performers in the streets doing weird and interesting acts, and games in every direction. Ariana looks at Bram, Hoagsy, Ogarina, and the four Sfugensen daughters briefly before asking, What should we do first? Bram looks as impressed as Ariana. The four little girls see a nearby game and dart away, their mother chasing after them, shouting reprimands. Without looking at Ariana, Hoagsy says, Come this way. I'll show you how they prepare the pork for the feast. Ariana and Bram follow Hoagsy through the crowded, vibrant town square, passing a trained pig balancing on a ball, surrounded by cheering children. They come to a place near the direct center of the square, where there is a large cooking fire, with a spit that is slowly being rotated by a person on each end, their hands covered in thick cooking mitts. Three whole pigs have been skewered on the spit, and the smell coming from the roasting meat makes Ariana's mouth water. Next to the fire is a long prep table, with six more whole roasted pigs lined up along it. The skin has been cut away and the choice meat is being cut into thick chunks before those chunks are pulled apart by hand. Ariana sees a small child dart toward the table and snags some of the pulled meat before darting away. You see? Hoagsy says proudly. They pull it! Fascinating, mutters Ariana, unsure of why this cooking method is so groundbreaking. Ah, there's Rena, over by the drag races. Hoagsy lumbers back into the crowded square once more, and Bram and Ariana follow. They catch up with Hoagsy just outside of the town square, where people are pressing up against a fence. Upon closer inspection, Ariana sees a long stretch of mud with two parallel gouges running through it, as though two heavy objects were dragged beside each other. Jazz and Gala beckon Ariana and Bram closer to the fence. 
where the four Sfugensen girls have climbed up halfway to get a better view. When Ariana reaches the girls, she sees a confusing sight. Two shirtless, muscular men and two massive sows. Each sow has a thick rope tied around its midsection, and each pig is trying to reach a trough of slop. The strong men are tugging on the ropes, slowly dragging the complaining sows away from the slop. Ariana is confused and feels pity on the pigs. What are they doing? She whispers to Honeycrisp. Jazz, ever the feisty one, pipes in. This is the drag race, obviously. Yeah, yeah, says Fuji. Whoever drags their pig past that line first wins. Ariana face bombs. So they're pulling the pork? Yep, all four girls shout together. Ariana shakes her head and has trouble suppressing a laugh. She watches until the end of the drag race, which takes longer than one might think. The sows are very strong. In fact, one man ends up with his face in the mud instead of over the finish line. Ariana turns to Bram and says, Does everything at this festival involve pulling pork? Bram shrugs, clearly amused by the man with his face in the dirt. Ariana decides to follow the Sfugensen girls for the remainder of the festival, as Bram hangs back with Hoagsy and Olgarina. This gives Ariana a front row seat to the pulled pork eating competition. She turns away as three of the four contestants vomit their pork back onto their plates, to the delight of the spectators. Next, Ariana and the girls make a brief stop at a street performer, who performs a feat Ariana would swear to be impossible. She considers that the performer might be using magic. The performer pulls continuous, connected links of sausage from his mouth, one after the other, pulling out 30 in total. Ariana claps, but she feels like she has lost her appetite. Oh, this one's my favorite, Fuji exclaims as they approach another competition. Ariana can't help but laugh as she sees the contest of strength playing out before her. Again, this one involves two strongmen and hefty sows. The strongmen take turns pulling on a rope, which is slung over the branch of a tree and tied to the sow. When each man is able to pull the sow as high as his head, the next largest sow is selected from a pen and tied up. While this may be a competition of strength, it is still a contest involving pulling pork. Eventually, Ariana has had enough of pulling pork, and she sets out in search of Bram. She passes more pigs, trying to pull each other around, and finds Bram by himself at a stall, selling pulled pork memorabilia. Bram stutters when he sees her. I, uh, I got you something, Ariana. He clears his throat and hands her a small, tiny sackcloth bag, held closed by a red ribbon. Ariana's heart flutters as she accepts the little package. Her throat catches as she asks, What is it? Bram smirks. Just a little something I picked up for you. Ariana unties the ribbon gingerly and pours the bag into her hand. A small wooden figurine falls out. Ariana looks closely to see that the figurine is in the shape of a pig. Each end of the pig has a string running through it, and Ariana realizes that this is a necklace with a pig charm. I don't know what to say, Ariana says, shyly. Bram's smirk broadens into a smile, which he tries to hold back. This isn't just any pig, Ariana. Give it a pull. Perplexed, Ariana pinches the wooden pig's head and tail and pulls. Instantly, the pig separates in half, with each half connected by a thin string. It's pulled pork, Bram exclaims, laughing. Then his face becomes serious. Do you like it? He looks at her expectantly. Ariana blushes, then laughs. I love it. She steps toward Bram and hugs him. 
Now I'll always remember the pulled pork festival. They take a long time to separate before they both start laughing. Ariana hears something in the distance. Then she hears it again, this time louder. Then much louder. A horn. What's going on? She asks Bram. But he looks just as confused as she feels. Behind Bram, Ariana sees Hoagsy roughly push a townsperson to the side. Quickly, you must follow me! He shouts as he grabs Ariana's right hand and pulls her in the direction of his home. Ariana hastily drapes her new necklace around her neck. What about Olgarina and the girls? Ariana asks. They are meeting us at the house, Hoagsy answers. Then, to a group of people still gathered around the pig lifting competition, he shouts, Gather your loved ones and flee! Porkington is under attack! The horn blares again, this time closer and louder. Ariana starts to hear shouts. One voice rises above the rest. As Bram and Ariana chased after Hoagsy, the voice of Sir Patricia. As Ariana passes a nearby alley leading to a parallel street, she sees the knight. Sir Patricia's shield is equipped, and she is waving with her sword hand to a group of townsguard out of Ariana's line of sight. The trio reach Hoagsy's home without incident, and inside they see Fuji and Jazz with sacks slung over their shoulders, waiting by the door. Hoagsy turns to Ariana and Bram and says, Quick, gather your belongings and meet us here. Don't forget your new armor. Ariana nods and dashes into Hoagsy's workshop as Bram hurries upstairs. He looks around frantically until she finds Bram's armor and her own. She has difficulty carrying all the awkward pieces of metal in her arms until she sees a burlap sack full of scraps nearby. Ariana dumps it on the floor, mentally apologizing to Hoagsy for making a mess of his workshop, and fills it with her armor and Bram's. Then, she hastily straps her new falchion to her hip and carries Bram's short sword and shield in one hand while holding the sack in the other. At the front door of the Sfugensen home, Ariana sees Hoagsy, Olgarina, and all four girls with bags packed and ready to go. Bram trundles down the stairs a moment later with his and Ariana's packs. Ariana's heart is racing, but she briefly considers how she and Bram have become quite a team. Without needing to speak the words, they each knew what to gather for the other person, making them quite efficient. Ariana and Bram follow the Sfugensens outside, where an apprentice of Hoagsy's, Pam Everton, has readied Hoagsy's cart and hitched it to the family's donkey. Once all the bags of equipment have been stowed, the Sfugensen girls climb aboard, along with Ariana's dog, Jax. Bram and Ariana ready themselves to run alongside the cart, arming themselves with their swords, shield, and bow, as well as Galfonz's axe. There isn't enough time to put on their armor. Pam Everton makes a hasty exit, announcing that he will meet them in the next village. Hoagsy speaks to the group from the driver's seat of the cart. Okay, my family knows the evacuation plan, so Bram and Ariana, listen up. We are going to flee to the north of Porkington, in the direction of the capital. The next town, Arrowswood, is much larger and better defended. There is a castle there, along with a full garrison. Stay close to the cart and hold on to it if the street becomes crowded. I'm going to try to avoid the main street. Bram and Ariana nod. A nearby rooftop suddenly bursts into flames as three flaming arrows strike the thatched roof. There are more shouts, and Ariana hears Sir Patricia's voice clearly above the rest as she shouts, Remain in your posts! Hold the line here! As the cart starts to roll away from the sounds of battle to the south, Ariana starts to feel a pang of guilt. From the look on Bram's face, Ariana can guess that he feels the same way. Bram speaks first. Are we doing the right thing? He asks. Ariana looks at the dirt, then at the panicking crowds all around them. I'm not sure. 
she says. We might not be heroes anymore, but I never thought I'd feel like such a coward. Do you think? But Bram is cut off by war cries, followed by frightened screams. The sound comes from the eastern side of town. Ariana and Bram turn toward the sound, their hands reaching for their swords. They see a group of over one dozen Awave warriors carrying wooden shields with spears, axes, and swords. A few are firing bolts from crossbows. One bolt catches a woman in the back. She falls, and the bags she was carrying fall to the ground, spilling their contents. Ariana and Bram halt in place for a moment, as a group of about eight lightly armored Porkington Townsguard and three Losalian soldiers collide with a group of Awave warriors. Hoagsy shouts over his shoulder to Ariana and Bram, telling them to hurry and catch up. Ariana feels somewhat more assured by the arrival of Townsguard on the eastern side of Porkington, but it still takes an effort to turn and run after this Fugensense cart. Bram follows after her for a moment. The next moment, Ariana's eyes go wide. She sees one of the warriors, wielding a wooden shield and a spear with a barbed tip. He's running at full tilt, his long black hair blowing behind him, and his face paint making him look like a demon. The warrior is heading straight for this Fugensense cart. Ariana sprints forward and yells, Hoagsy, look out! Her hand instinctively reaches back for her bow, but when the warrior turns and sees her and Bram, she knows there is no time to knock an arrow. Her hand reaches for the falchion at her side. She and Bram draw swords together, and Bram readies his shield. The Awave warrior turns away from the Sfugensens and rushes Ariana and Bram, bellowing a war cry that makes Ariana's knees shake. Nearby passerby cower in fear and keep running. Don't forget what we learned, Bram says, but this is unnecessary. Ariana is already racking her mind for what Sir Patricia taught them earlier that day. She remembers something about improvising, something about defending and being precise. Keep your attacks small, Ariana reminds Bram. Bram nods before the warrior leaps at him, thrusting the spear forward. Bram bends his knees and the barbed tip glances off his shield. Ariana makes a thrust with her falchion and Bram does likewise a moment later. The Oave warrior expertly parries Ariana with his shield and dances away from Bram's short sword. He thrusts at Ariana this time, and she is just able to turn away from the attack and knock the spear away with her falchion. Bram makes the counterattack, but the spear whips to the side and cracks him in the head with its wooden shaft. Bram staggers and curses. The warrior presses his advantage, and Ariana feels a chill race up her spine as the spear thrusts at the opening in Bram's defense. Without thinking or hesitating, Ariana leaps toward Bram and swings her falchion downward. The falchion is sharp, and Ariana's forceful swing is powerful enough to chop the wooden spear in twain. Ariana pants, momentarily too impressed with her own action to pay attention. The Uave warrior shouts something in his language that may have been a curse, and then he spins around and hits Ariana in the back of the head with a broken shaft of the spear. Ariana bites her tongue and staggers forward. An instant later, the warrior has rammed her with his shield. Ariana crashes to the ground painfully, dropping her falchion. She hears Bram bellow, and the thud of metal on wood tells her that Bram is trying his best to break through the warrior's defense. Ariana shakes her head and spits out a glob of blood. She looks up to see that the Awave warrior has drawn a dagger, and is assaulting Bram with unrelenting aggression. Ariana's falchion is over ten feet away. The Sfugensen's cart is out of sight now blocked by the masses of townsfolk trying to evacuate. Ariana can't see Jax, 
and she assumes that Hoagsy's daughters must be holding on to him in the cart. Ariana looks at Bram again and knows she needs to help him. Bram is barely hanging on to his shield at this point, and he is constantly being driven back by the warrior's combination of shield bashes and dagger lunges. Ariana considers her falchion, but decides against it. She draws her bow and strings it within moments. An arrow is in her hand as Bram's shield is knocked completely from his grasp. The Awave warrior makes a shallow cut across Bram's cheek, and, as Bram's sword is held to one side by the wooden shield, draws his dagger up for a stab into Bram's neck. Before the dagger descends, the Awave warrior's back arches as Ariana's arrow embeds itself into his spine. The warrior falls with his face in the dirt, dead before he hits the ground. Bram picks up his shield, and Ariana retrieves her falchion. At this point, much of the southern end of the town is ablaze. The crowds of townsfolk are beginning to thin as people evacuate northward. Between two buildings, Ariana sees Sir Patricia again, fending off two Awave warriors at once. Atop a building, a blue-robed wizard of Losalia shoots volleys of sharp icicles downward. Another volley of flaming arrows fly into the town. To the north, the Sfugensen family is still out of sight, and Ariana hopes they are escaping safely. What do we do? Ariana asks Bram. I was going to ask you, he responds. I think we should help Sir Patricia defend the town, but I also think we should help Hoagsy and the rest get away. Ariana frowns, feeling frustrated and uncertain. Hoagsy was a dear friend of her father's, and Hoagsy's family still has jacks with them. However, Sir Patricia could probably use their help. If they help defend the town, they could probably find jacks in the Sfugensins and Arrowswood. As the skirmishes begin drawing closer to Bram and Ariana, the pair stand in one place, each feeling frightened, frustrated, and indecisive. That's all for this week. Thank you to Crystalini for the theme music, Kelly Stoll for everything you do, and Ryan Maples for the pulled pork ideas. And of course, I want to thank all of you out there for listening and submitting your votes. Here are the voting results after last episode. Hiding out in an armorer's workshop took 61% of the votes, and Fairy Forest took just 39%. The choice this week is between what Bram and Ariana will do during the battle for Porkington. Will they stay and fight to defend the town, or will they flee with Hoagsy, Jax, and Hoagsy's family? To summarize, the choices are between defending Porkington or leaving with Hoagsy. If you want to submit a vote for the next episode, send an email to whatnextpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on our Instagram post, at whatnextpodcast. We'll be sure to post a story with a poll as well. Voting will close Wednesday, November 21st at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, so don't hesitate to submit your vote. If you like the show, there are a couple things you can do to help us out. Leave a review in Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or tell a friend about the show. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to seeing what you want to happen next. Thank you.